Sunday, June the sixth. Welcome to the Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Good morning. We're coming into the last section of the reset season. You see, we've been thinking uh, over the last few months, haven't we, about the fact that the Bible talks a lot about people being in exile. It was the story of the people of God in the Old Testament that they were exiled. And we've looked over the last few months about how we can relate quite a lot to how they have experienced exile and what we have been doing uh, in the last 18 months through to the COVID pandemic. We've thought about the fact that God was with the people of Israel and has been with us so much uh, through times of suffering, of hardship, of isolation and feeling disconnected from our normal lives. We've looked at the issue of suffering in the last couple of weeks, thinking about Job's experience and Habakkuk too. We've thought about the need to repent and to turn away perhaps from some of the things that weren't great for us before this time, and turning to a new start with God. But most of all, we've thought, haven't we, about how this pause, this opportunity, gives us a chance to reset and reevaluate and to consider what God is saying to us about the season that is to come. We've pressed the reset button. And now, in this last part of our sermon series, we're going to think about what it means to live after the reset. We're going to think about what it means to reset, not only personally, but as a church community here in Ipswich or across the world, wherever you're listening to today. So we've come to a point where we're going to now start thinking about what what is God saying to us as we move into this next season. And today we're going to look at one of those famous passages uh, tucked away in the middle of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37. We're going to start thinking about what does it mean for us to live now in the light of the reset we've had And I strongly believe that the people of God back in uh, Israel's time and today were called to be the people who were powered by the Holy Spirit. We have seen God's power at work in our own lives and in our community life and our church family life. But I think that's only a glimpse of what's to come. We're going to use Ezekiel 37 to think about being people powered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we just had it read to us. And you'll remember that there was a valley of dry bones. And these bones obviously had been there for a while. In the Jewish culture that this was written into, this was an abhorrent picture. You see, bones, the body was were buried, they were looked after, they were considered um, uh, hallowed, they had to be put in a grave. Uh, that was the way that they respected uh, the end of someone's life. But these bones here, they're, they're dry, they're in, in a valley, they're on the top. 
um, of the ground. They haven't been treated in the way that the Jewish culture expected them. So the picture that's painted here is an awful one of bones just left out in the sunshine. It's a place that appears to be a place of no hope, of, of death, of destruction, of shame and of sadness. And then Ezekiel hears from God as he sees this picture. He views these dry bones without any hope. And God speaks and something amazing happens. It's right there in verse chapter, uh, sorry, verse three of chapter 37. God asks, the Lord asks me, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel knows they're dead. They've been left to dry out. And so he says, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. You see, Ezekiel had very little hope that those dry bones could live, but he did have hope in God. He knew that God was capable of anything. He was trusting, not the bones, yeah, they look dead, I've got no idea what you're going to do with those, God. But he was putting his hope in God and saying, I'm trusting you. I believe that you are a God of hope and you can do anything. So in those little verses, we discover that actually in God, we have ultimate hope. Don't know about you, but there are lots of things in my life where I relate to that dry bone picture. There's been points in the last few months where I have felt like those dry bones, overwhelmed, dead on the inside, exhausted in one way or another. I suspect as we look around our world, we can probably see pictures of the valley of dry bones in all kinds of ways, places where we think there is no hope or places where we can't see what God is doing. There are many valley of dry bones in our world and in our own lives today, situations where we think, is there hope? Is there hope? This passage reminds us that yes, with God, there is always hope and that he has the power by his Holy Spirit to bring even dry bones back to life. So let's look into verse four and uh, five and six. The Lord said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. It goes on to talk about the breath of God. Speak breath into these dry bones. Now, the Hebrew word for breath is the same root as the Hebrew word for spirit. So we're talking about the same thing here. It's ruah. And God promises here that his spirit will come and revive and restore and bring those dry bones to life. He's talking about reviving something that was dead into life. God's good at that, isn't he? As I think about my own life, there are bits that feel dead. There are bits that feel shame. There are bits that feel like they are fairly hopeless. There are things that I know I can do well, but there are other things that I think, God, are you really asking me to do that? You know I'm no good at that. Like Ezekiel, we have to ask for God's Holy Spirit to come and restore 
and revive each of us. We need revival in our lives. And how does God do that? He's given us his Holy Spirit, as we heard about in Pentecost a couple of weeks ago, to revive us, to restore us, to bring the things that are dead in our lives alive again, to bring the areas that feel hopeless back into a place of hope, because God is capable and his Holy Spirit is so powerful that he can restore even the deadest things the things we've lost hope in the things that we long to be restored but we have no idea how he can do that by his holy spirit and not only does he say he can he says he wants to (laughs) he wants to restore us he wants to revive us he wants to bring life and breath back into each and every one of us isn't that exciting So let's just pause for a moment as you think about your life, about who you are or situations you're in. Where do you need God to breathe his spirit into you? Maybe it's an area you've been struggling with. You just say, God, I don't know how to fix this. Breathe your Holy Spirit into that area. Let's pause for a moment. And just allow God to meet us. Father God, send your Holy Spirit so that I can become alive in you again. Where things feel dead, where I'm doubting, in places that feel like, oh, the story's over, but you're just longing that it isn't. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come right now, wherever I am. And breathe your life into me. Jesus. Jesus. We invite you, Holy Spirit. Breathe your life into me right now. Thank you, Lord, for what you've begun to do. Keep being at work in us as we continue to think about this passage. Some of you might want to stay in that place of just receiving from God's spirit right now. You can listen to me again later on. So, you know, just stay in that place. But maybe you want to think about the next passage as well as we move into verses 9 and 10. You see, God restores each individual body. He puts the bones back together in the right order, making sure they're restored and empowered by his breath, his spirit. But then in verse 9 and 10, he puts all of the people back together into an army. The breath of God restores them, bringing them back together. The reset that we have had has meant we haven't physically been able to all be together in the same way as we used to. But God's spirit has connected us with brothers and sisters in Christ. And once again, the reset has made us appreciate each other in a different and new way. And he's now saying, Holy Spirit is going to bring us together in unity and in his power to live for him. 
What does it mean for God's spirit to restore us in our communities and in our celebration life together? As part of our missional community, The Hub, we've been uh, running Lego Church online for the last year and or so and started with a small group. And we've grown and we've grown and there are new families joining us each month. And it's exciting. And every time before we lead it on a Saturday morning, me and my family, we just pray, come Holy Spirit and breathe your life in us together. And it feels like we're together. We're all over the place. We've got some guys from Sheffield joining us and some other friends who are down on the South Coast and people from Ipswich. And together, we can sense God's Holy Spirit bringing us together to learn about him through Lego, which is awesome. But actually, I'm seeing that God is doing something by his spirit in that space. What does it mean for all of us at Burlington to be part of a family that allows God's spirit to restore us, revive us and bring us together to be empowered by his Holy Spirit? That's exciting. Think about Acts 2. Think about the stories in Acts of the Holy Spirit coming and empowering his people to live in a countercultural and exciting way. That's what he wants to do in each of us. And it was what he wants to do as us as a whole community to be a passionate, worshipping community that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? for God's spirit to restore our life together as a Burlington family. Maybe you want to pick the phone up to someone this week and have a conversation around that. What does it mean for me and you together to be God's family here on earth? What does it mean for us to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what God's asking us in our family life at Burlington together? That's a great conversation to have with someone of our Burlington family this week. Finally, though, as we move into the end of the passage, uh, verse 11 onwards, we read some amazing words about the house of Israel coming back together. You see, I'm revived by God's spirit so that I can be part of God's revived family so that that family can play their part in the revival of the world. Let me say that again, because I think it's so important. I'm revived by God's spirit so that I can be revived, be part of God's revived family so that we can play our part in the revival of the world. Let's have a look at verse 14. I will put my spirit in you and you will live And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that the Lord has spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. God's Holy Spirit will empower you every day. God's Holy Spirit will empower us as a church family so that we can worship together and live together as his people. But he doesn't just do that for us to be a family. He does that so that we can see revival in the places he has placed us. What would it look like for your street where you live or your village or your school or your workplace 
or in your family, your extended family, what would it look like for revival to come? What would it look like for God's spirit to bring new life in those places? What would it look like for Ipswich to have a wave of God's spirit sweep through the town? What would it look like for God's empowering spirit to to work in you so that you can go in his name to do things that like he longs for? Like us seeing our friends become Christians, like us baptising many from all nations, like us seeing people set free from addictions and pains. What would it look like for your next door neighbour to know that God is with them in their mental health challenge? What would it look like for a whole generation of children and young people to come to know Jesus and live by the way that he wants them to live? I could go on. But that's what God's spirit is wanting to do amongst us. And he's reviving you so you can be part of a revived family so that you can go in his name to bring new life in the places he places you. Burlington family, as we are reset, let's know that God's Holy Spirit is saying, will you welcome me. Will you welcome me in your life, in your church family life, and in your going to the places I am sending you? Because my spirit can bring dead bones back to life. Can you imagine what his spirit could do in us, through us, and here in the places he has placed us? That's exciting. Let's go and be a powerful, empowered, filled up by the Holy Spirit people. And let's see what God's going to do through us as we reset together. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and cries to him. Because he has listened and turned his ear to me, I will not hesitate to call on him as long as I live. And so we pray particularly for situations in the world where there is war and hatred. Father, we pray that you will raise up peacemakers. We pray particularly for those involved in trying to bring an end to the Israeli-Palestine conflict. Holy Spirit, in your power, we pray that you will strengthen those seeking peace on both sides. Silence the warmongers and hate speakers, we pray. For those in the world who feel anxious and afraid, Jesus, you calm the storm. Breathe on us your peace. For the people in our own church who are struggling with situations in their families which they can't see their way out of, Lord, give them your grace. May your wisdom guide them. We lift to you those needing healing in their body or mind. Lord of power, we call upon you to touch them and make them well. Guide physicians and all those working in our health service. Where our faith is weak, and prayers seem to go unanswered. Lord, renew our faith and build us up in hope. We pray for our Queen and her family. She is facing immense challenges at a time of personal loss. Lord, give her your comfort, strength, and wisdom. We pray particularly for the Lewis family at this time, and we add the names of all our friends and family who are on our hearts and minds at the moment, trusting always in your goodness and love. 
Amen. Amen.